Section fifty two of the Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume two by James Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. To Bennet Langton, Esquire, dear sir, I have an old amanuensis in great distress. Footnote The day before he wrote to Mrs. Thrale, Peyton and McBean are both starving, and I cannot keep them. Piozzi letters. On April the first, seventeen seventy six, he wrote, Poor Peyton expired this morning. He probably, during many years for which he sat starving by the bed of a wife not only useless but almost motionless, condemned by poverty to personal attendance, chained down to poverty, he probably thought often how lightly he should tread the path of life without his burthen. Of this thought the admission was unavoidable, and the indulgence might be forgiven to frailty and distress. His wife died at last, and before she was buried he was seized by a fever, and is now going to the grave. Such miscarriages, when they happen to those on whom many eyes are fixed, fill histories and tragedies, and tears have been shed for the sufferings and wonder excited by the fortitude of those who neither did nor suffered more than Peyton. Ibid. Baretti, in a marginal note on Piozzi letters, writes, Peyton was a fool and a drunkard. I never saw so nauseous a fellow. But Baretti was a harsh judge. End of footnote. I have given what I think I can give, and begged, till I cannot tell where to beg again. I put into his hands this morning four guineas. If you could collect three guineas more, it would clear him from his present difficulty. I am, so your most humble servant, Samuel Johnson, May the 21st, 1775. To James Boswell, Esquire, dear sir, I make no doubt, but you are now safely lodged in your own habitation, and have told all your adventures to Mrs. Boswell and Miss Veronica. Pray teach Veronica to love me. Bid her not mind, Mamma. Mrs. Thrale has taken cold and been very much disordered, but I hope is grown well. Mr. Langton went yesterday to Lincolnshire and has invited Nicolaida to follow him. Footnote, a learned Greek, Boswell. He was the nephew of the Patriarch of Constantinople, and had fled from some massacre of the Greeks. Johnston's Life of Pa, end of footnote. Beauclair talks of going to Bath. I am to set out on Monday, so there is nothing but dispersion. I have returned Lord Hales's entertaining sheets, but must stay till I come back for more, because it will be inconvenient to send them after me in my vagrant state. I promised Mrs. Macaulay that I would try to serve her son at Oxford. Footnote. Wife of the Reverend Mr. Kenneth Macaulay, author of the History of St. Kilda, Boswell. See Boswell's Hebrides, August the 28th, 1773, and footnote. I have not forgotten it, nor am I unwilling to perform it. 
if they desire to give him an english education it should be considered whether they cannot send him for a year or two to an english school if he comes immediately from scotland he can make no figure in our universities the schools in the north i believe are cheap and when i was a young man were eminently good there are two little books published by the fowls footnote the elseviers of glasgow as boswell called them hebrides october the twenty ninth telemachus and collins's poems each a shilling i would be glad to have them make my compliments to mrs boswell though she does not love me you see what perverse things ladies are and how little fit to be trusted with feudal estates when she mends and loves me there may be more hope of her daughters i will not send compliments to my friends by name because i would be loath to leave any out in the enumeration tell them as you see them how well i speak of scotch politeness and scotch hospitality and scotch beauty and of everything scotch but scotch oat cakes and scotch prejudices let me know the answer of rasa footnote see in boswell's hebrides johnson's letter of may the sixth seventeen seventy five end of footnote and the decision relating to sir allan footnote a lawsuit carried on by Sir Alan Maclean, chief of his clan, to recover certain parts of his family estates from the Duke of Argyle. Boswell, end of footnote. I am, my dearest sir, with great affection, your most obliged and most humble servant, Samuel Johnson. May the 27th, 1775. After my return to Scotland, I wrote three letters to him, from which I extract the following passages i have seen lord hales since i came down he thinks it wonderful that you are pleased to take so much pains in revising his annals i told him that you said you were well rewarded by the entertainment which you had in reading them there has been a numerous flight of hebrideans in edinburgh this summer whom i have been happy to entertain at my house Mr. Donald McQueen, footnote, a very learned minister in the Isle of Skye, whom both Dr. Johnson and I have mentioned with regard, Boswell. Boswell's Hebrides, September the 3rd, 1773, and Johnson's Works, volume 9, page 54. Johnson, in another passage, Ibid, page 115, speaks of him as a very learned minister. He wished me to be deceived, in square brackets as regards ossian for the honour of his country but would not directly and formally deceive me johnson told him this to his face boswell's hebrides september the twenty second his credulity is shown by the belief he held that the name of a place called ainit in sky was the same as the anaitidus delubrum in Lydia, Ibid, September the 17th. End of footnote. Mr. Donald McQueen and Lord Monboddo supped with me one evening. They joined in controverting your proposition that the Gaelic of the Highlands and Isles of Scotland was not written till of late. 
My mind has been somewhat dark this summer. Footnote. This darkness is seen in his letters. He wrote June the 3rd, 1775. It required some philosophy to bear the change from England to Scotland. The unpleasing tone, the rude familiarity, the barren conversation of those whom I found here in comparison with what I had left, really hurt my feelings. The General Assembly is sitting, and I practice at its bar. There is a de facto something low and coarse in such employment, though on paper it is a court of supreme judicature. But guineas must be had. Do you know, it requires more than ordinary spirit to do what I am to do this very morning. I am to go to the General Assembly and arraign a judgment pronounced last year by Dr. Robertson, John Hume, and a good many more of them, and they are to appear on the other side. To speak well when I despise both the cause and the judges is difficult, but I believe I shall do wonderfully. I look forward with aversion to the little dull labours of the Court of Sessions. You see, Temple, I have my troubles as well as you have. My promise under the venerable you has kept me sober. Letters of Oswald. On June the 19th he is vexed to think myself a coarse labourer in an obscure corner. Mr. Hume says there will, in all probability, be a change of the ministry soon, which he regrets. Oh, Temple, while they change so often, how does one feel an ambition to have a share in the great department? My father is most unhappily dissatisfied with me. He harps on my going over Scotland with a brute. Think how shockingly erroneous and wandering, or some such phrase, to London, Ibid. August the 12th. I have had a pretty severe return this summer of that melancholy or hypochondria which is inherent in my constitution. While afflicted with melancholy, all the doubts which have ever disturbed thinking men come upon me. I awake in the night, dreading annihilation or being thrown into some horrible state of being. He recounts a complimentary letter he had received from Lord Mayor Wilkes, and continues, Tell me, my dear Temple, if a man who receives so many marks of more than ordinary consideration can be satisfied to drudge in an obscure corner where the manners of the people are disagreeable to him. Ibid. End of footnote. I have need of your warming and vivifying rays, and I hope I shall have them frequently. I am going to pass some time with my father at Affleck. Sir James Boswell, Esquire, dear sir, I am returned from the annual ramble into the middle counties. Footnote. He was absent from the end of May till some time in August. He wrote from Oxford on June the 1st, don't suppose that I live here as we live at Streatham. I went this morning to the chapel at six. Piazzi letters.
he was the guest of mr coulson a fellow of university college on june the sixth he wrote such is the uncertainty of all human things that mr coulson has quarrelled with me he says i raise the laugh upon him and he is an independent man and all that he has is his own and he is not used to such things Edited. an eye-witness told mr croker that colson was going out on a country living and talking of it with the same pomp as to lord stoll in square brackets he had expressed to him his doubts whether after living so long in the great world he might not grow weary of the comparative retirement of a country parish croker's fossil johnson chose to imagine his becoming an archdeacon and made himself merry at coulson's expense at last they got to warm words and johnson concluded the debate by exclaiming emphatically sir having meant you no offence i will make you no apology Ibid. the quarrel was made up for the next day he wrote coulson and i are pretty well again piozzi letters end of footnote having seen nothing i had not seen before i have nothing to relate time has left that part of the island few antiquities and commerce has left the people no singularities i was glad to go abroad and perhaps glad to come home which is in other words i was i am afraid weary of being at home and weary of being abroad is not this the state of life but if we confess this weariness let us not lament it for all the wise and the good say that we may cure it for the black fumes which arise in your mind i can prescribe nothing but that you disperse them by honest business or innocent pleasure and by reading sometimes easy and sometimes serious change of place is useful and i hope that your residence at affleck will have many good effects Footnote. Boswell wrote to Temple on September the 2nd. It is hardly credible how difficult it is for a man of my sensibility to support existence in the family where I now am. My father, whom I really both respect and affectionate, if that is a word, for it is a different feeling from that which is expressed by love, which I can say of you from my soul, is so different from me we divaricate so much as dr johnson said that i am often hurt when i dare say he means no harm and he has a method of treating me which makes me feel myself like a timid boy which to boswell comprehending all that my character does in my own imagination and in that of a wonderful number of mankind is intolerable his wife too whom in my conscience i cannot condemn for any capital bad quality is so narrow-minded and i don't know how so set upon keeping him under her own management and so suspicious and so sourishly tempered that it requires the utmost exertion of practical philosophy to keep myself quiet however i have done so all this week to admiration nay i have appeared good-humoured but it has cost me 
drinking a considerable quantity of strong beer to dull my faculties. Letters of Boswell and a footnote. Change of place is useful, and I hope that your residence at Affleck will have many good effects. That I should have given pain to Rasa, I am sincerely sorry, and am therefore very much pleased that he is no longer uneasy. He still thinks that I have represented him as personally giving up the chieftainship. I meant only that it was no longer contested between the two houses, and supposed it settled perhaps by the session of some remote generation in the house of Don Vagan. I am sorry the advertisement was not continued for three or four times in the paper. That Lord Monboddo and Mr. McQueen should controvert a position contrary to the imaginary interest of literary or national prejudice might be easily imagined, but of a standing fact there ought to be no controversy. If there are men with tails, catch an homo caudatus. If there was writing of old in the Highlands or Hebrides in the Earth's language, produce the manuscript. Where men write, they will write to one another, and some of their letters in families studious of their ancestry will be kept. In Wales there are many manuscripts. I have now three parcels of Lord Hales's history, which I purpose to return all the next week. That his respect for my little observations should keep his work in suspense makes one of the evils of my journey. It is in our language, I think, a new mode of history which tells all that is wanted, and I suppose all that is known, without laboured splendour of language or affected subtlety of conjecture. The exactness of his dates raises my wonder. He seems to have the closeness of Eno without his constraint. Footnote. Voltaire wrote of Eno's abrégé de l'histoire de la France, Il a été dans l'histoire ce que Vonnel a été dans la philosophie. Il l'a rendu familière. With a quotation from Eno, Carlyle begins his French Revolution. End of footnote. Mrs. Thrale was so entertained with your journal that she almost read herself blind. Footnote. My journal of a tour to the Hebrides, which that lady read in the original manuscript, Boswell. Johnson wrote to Mrs. Thrale, May the 22nd, 1775, I am not sorry that you read Boswell's journal. Is it not a merry piece? There is much in it about poor me. Piozzi Letters. June the 11th, 1775, You never told me, and I omitted to inquire, how you were entertained by Boswell's journal. One would think the man had been hired to be a spy upon me. He was very diligent and caught opportunities of writing from time to time, Ibid. I suspect that the words I have marked by italics, reader's note, one would think the man had been hired to be a spy upon me, are not Johnson's, but are Mrs. Piozzi's interpolation. End of footnote. She has a great regard for you. Of Mrs. Boswell, though she knows in her heart that she does not love me, 
I am always glad to hear any good, and hope that she and the little dear ladies will have neither sickness nor any other affliction. But she knows that she does not care what becomes of me, and for that she may be sure that I think her very much to blame. Never, my dear sir, do you take it into your head to think that I do not love you. You may settle yourself in full confidence, both of my love and my esteem. I love you as a kind man. I value you as a worthy man. And I hope in time to reverence you as a man of exemplary piety. I hold you, as Hamlet has it, in my heart of hearts. Footnote. In my heart of heart. Hamlet, Act 3, Scene 2, End of Footnote. And therefore it is little to say that I am so your affectionate humble servant, Samuel Johnson. London, August the 27th, 1775. To the same. So if in these papers there is little alteration attempted, do not suppose me negligent. Footnote. Another parcel of Lord Hales's Annals of Scotland. Boswell, end of footnote. I have read them perhaps more closely than the rest, but I find nothing worthy of an objection. Write to me soon, and write often, and tell me all your honest heart. I am, so yours affectionately, Samuel Johnson, August the 30th, 1775. To the same, my dear sir, I now write to you, lest, in some of your freaks and humours, you should fancy yourself neglected. Such fancies I must entreat you never to admit, at least never to indulge, for my regard for you is so eradicated and fixed that it has become part of my mind, and cannot be effaced but by some cause uncommonly violent. Therefore, whether I write or not, set your thoughts at rest. I now write to tell you that I shall not very soon write again, for I am to set out to-morrow on another journey. Your friends are all well at Streatham, and in Leicester Fields. Footnote. Where Sir Joshua Reynolds lived, Boswell, end of footnote. Make my compliments to Mrs. Boswell, if she is in good humour with me. I am, sir, etc., Samuel Johnson, September the 14th, 1775. What he mentions in such light terms as, I am to set out to-morrow on another journey, I soon afterwards discovered was no less than a tour to France with Mr. and Mrs. Thrale. This was the only time in his life that he went upon the continent. End of section 52